Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It's time once again for the realest bow hunting podcast ever to be recorded in Sherrard, Illinois. That's the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> right, real recognizes right. real. I am Steve. We're in the Bucketorium with Kurt. How's it going, everyone? And Eric. And I'm back. Man, I, I am I was, back. I've, I've been waiting so long to say Kurt and Eric. And I'm in the room with all three of you guys again. It did, is. Did awesome. it feel weird just saying you two for a while? Yeah, and I meant all two of you guys. But. <laughs> It is. It's been, dude. Fuck. It's been like seven episodes, eight episodes. It's been quite a while. Yeah, might be longer. I don't know. It seems like forever. Three or four months, or two or three months, maybe. It sucks, man. Longer than but that. I don't th- even know. But the three real migos, you like that? Are right here at sixteen hundred <laughs> Buckslayer Place, the aforementioned Buckatorium. I don't think I can say it like that. But we're here. We're gonna podcast. We got an awesome podcast today. We're gonna try and just get right into the meat and taters of it, man. One thing I want to talk about is, uh, first of all, thanks for everyone that have bought anything off WorkingClassBowHunter.com. Yep. Um, everyone that's been giving us ratings on iTunes. Um, I will say this. If you go on iTunes, give us a rating, screenshot your rating, because it's going to screenshot it as you type it and send it to us, because it's going to take about a day for the rating to pop up on iTunes. 
send that to us on Instagram or Facebook, and we will send you out some of our new die cut hard hat stickers. They're super clean little stickers. They're awesome. They're um, sick. They are sickness. sickness. Um, I'm going to slap one on my bow probably this week and get her all nice. I mean, but, I don't uh, know why you wouldn't. <laughs> do that, and uh, if you want a sticker, or if you just want to give us a rating to show how much you love us, we appreciate that as well. Yeah. Um, we uh, appreciate comments. It uh, makes our heads uh, that much bigger. Positive comments, I should say. No. <laughs> you don't need to bring the negativeness. Just give us attention. We just want it like <laughs> everyone else. Right, right. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Scent Crusher. We got a pile of scent crusher goodies here, and uh, let's just say we're set for hunting season. I can't wait. I, got I mean, if that's your definition of pile, good lord, the tote is tuned in, man. That thing is badass. I got yeah. I put, put all sight my sight tape on it. What's that? <laughs> it said you said the tote's tuned in. I was asking if you put sight tape on tuned it. Tuned in is, <laughs> and I got it working, and it's killing scent, man. Yeah. Put all our boots in and everything like that. That you know, you're out sweating in them, and they get pretty raunchy through our boots in there. Ran a couple cycles. It's just um, nice because it's kind of like waterproof, you know. If you have your if your boots are wet or something, you don't really want to throw them in the bag for a quick cycle. Yep, you throw them right in the tote. And literally, I don't even think Steve knows this. Um, we're getting ready to record. Scent yeah. Crusher sent me and Wait. me only a camo <laughs> Scent Crusher bag. And I'm oh, look at that! Here, and it's super nice. It is super, it is super I, I'm, I'm super now you're, pumped well, about the camo. Well, now you're going to lose it because it's camouflaged. Yeah, dude, good luck finding that. I know. That's all right, though. I'll, I'll get another one. <laughs> so thanks, <laughs> but, uh, but only you will get another one. Syncrusher.com. <laughs> check them out. Um, also, HHA Sports, yep. Single Pin Nation, leader in single pin sites, lifetime warranty. They support our veterans. Um, a lot of people have been asking, like, what now especially it's like, a little too late to ask. Like, hunting season's coming around the corner. Sure to be like have your hha and have it sighted in yeah but uh no they're awesome check them out hha sports um smith's custom meats and deer processing yep. why am i the only one doing the fine i'll promos. i'll join in with you elite archery don't forget to go to elitearchery.com you go ahead and you just bluff smith's but that's fine continue your ad because well, you asked why you're the only one doing anything normally you're like smith's custom meats i'm taking over this hey, is my, you, my I, ad i'll let you shine up uh you, you got shine you, them up yeah you shined up uh scott pretty good so check out elitearchery.com i'm shooting the tempo option six for me and i am the option seven loving it the only every minute seven. of it yep Loving every minute of it. Um, <laughs> Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Did you just drop a beat there? Might have. Viola, Illinois. Uh, super good uh, facility. If, you, if you're a local listener, check them out. Um, well worth it. You, you can trust where, you're, where your back strap gets cut and cleaned at. And you're, you don't got to worry about anyone uh, handling it in, in a way you wouldn't want to handle your own food. Um, it's super clean. And uh, if you like to eat your deer meat pretty much raw like I do, it's uh, probably the best place to go. That's right. If you do it yourself, that's cool too. But if you got time, you want to get back out there and hunt some more, Smith's is kind of the place to go. This episode is going to be a good time. We haven't talked to Jeff Lindsay for a while. He's back on. It's, and, been, it's uh, been a minute. It's been a minute. We'll get him on. Steve's got a veteran shout-out, and then we'll just hop right into the show. Yeah, the veteran shout-out is going to go to our buddy Justin Curtis Melton. Uh, he just got out of a six-year stint in the army, so he's uh, he's out, served his time, and do we thank you for your service? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, hats we, off to you, man. Yes, hats off to you. We de- we definitely appreciate everything that you've done for this country. This country's awesome. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. If you got a vet that you want us to shout out, we'll be more than happy to. Um, 
send us, uh, you know, hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, shoot us a message. Hey, shout out my buddy. And they don't even have to hunt. We'll shout them out. Guaranteed. Right. Yep. For sure. We had a, a list. We did a, a post and people are sending them in and, um, we'll, we will get to them. Um, one, one episode a week always. So there's always, I and mean, we can do multiple week, but it's kind of cool to give one veteran a shout out on each episode, you know, uh-huh. and kind of gap it out. So thank you for your service. And, uh, thanks to everyone who's listened lately and supported us. I don't know why you do it, but, uh, got me. It is weird, right? It is weird. Yeah, people are like, yeah, I listen to the podcast all the time. I'm like, yeah, you're off your meds. What are you doing? <laughs> it's really weird. It feels like I, it feels like I haven't been here in like a year. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's got to feel real weird, man. That but, sucks. Oh, well, I'm yeah, back. Just shut up. Well, yeah. traveling for I'm, work. I'm leaving. All right, I'm he's leaving. out of here. <laughs> he's out. He just quits. <laughs> traveling for work, man, it sucks not be, get, like, being able to get together every week. And right, you know, right. certain people are like, how do you guys get together every week? Three of you, once a week. Like, How do you make your schedules work? But... We just do. You got to be committed. Bring one one a week. We don't really have any lives otherwise. Our girlfriends and wives hate us, so we just we find comfort in each other. <laughs> oh, speaking of wives. Uh-oh. Eric. Yep. I got engaged since I've been gone, I guess. Yeah, that's Damn. news. Yep. So you get married, I'm joined, you get engaged. Yep. <sighs> Rough times. Life. Yep. We're getting older. Uh, maybe a little wiser all right nah well we're getting stale so let's just move on let's get jeff Lindsay on the phone he's gonna (laughs) have some awesome stuff to tell us and let's get right into that episode all right on the phone with us we have uh one of my uh one of my good friends i should say we follow each other on instagram so i don't know if we're good friends jeff Lindsay. jeff how you doing good buddies how y'all doing (laughs) he called us buddy i guess we're in (laughs) <laughs> but we're, we're friends we're friends on instagram so things are pretty serious you know oh, oh yeah hey yeah. hey now that is right it's been a little while since uh we've talked to you you're a you're a recurring guest so we we really appreciate that yes thanks for having me on guys yeah what's this the third time i guess heck i think uh, yeah. more than that isn't it no we did i remember yeah. we did like back to back we did dave and jeff and then one more time and then at the booth the Iowa time. Classic, yeah. No, okay, okay. So, man, what's new? Nothing much, man. I'll tell you what's new. Though. I mean, what's new here today is rain. Mm-hmm. We've had three rains all summer, and this is the third one. So, you know, we got about an inch and a half. So, fingers crossed. You know, there's no sign of EHD yet. But if it the drought would have continued, we would have had EHD you know, like 2012, but yep. maybe the good Lord bless us with this inch and a half today. The creeks are full, and and we should be okay now. Yeah, God willing, and hopefully the creeks rise. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. What so, What uh, is it about the drought that pushes on EHD? I guess I don't know much about it in that sense. Yeah, I'm no expert, you know, but it, it hits, you know, the deer gather at small watering holes, and then the mitch are prevalent when the, when the water is congregated and the deer is the, the buck and, and the deer congregated and you know a, a lot of people have told us you know ehd is no respecter of persons that get bucks and does but not in our experience i mean it it whacks the buck the more more blood flow the more headgear you know the horns are down by the water the, right just more things for mids to get on so you know i'm no expert on it i just know what you know people have told me that have claimed to know know more than me on the subject and it's it's depressing and when it hit it hit in 2007 it probably killed you know 25 percent of our mature bucks it hit in 2012 
and probably killed 75% of our mature bucks. So we have still not recovered from 2012. So if it were to hit again now, it would just be, it would be devastating. So that's crazy. Hopefully, yeah. you know, well, maybe and, we'll, and I'm not saying it hasn't happened yet, but this rains will subdue, will subdue it for a while. That's yeah, good. Hopefully. Maybe what we should do is, you know, pass legislation that uh, limits EHD to how many uh, deer they can harvest. So, you know. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> they, they never follow the law. Never follow the rules, man. Well, and we know the government will solve all our problems, so there we go. Mm-hmm. Trust in the government. Mother Nature's cool, cruel, man. She don't follow the rules. <laughs> it is, man. She don't follow the rules, and she don't play nice. The guy posted on Facebook earlier, he's like, man, he posted the radar. He's like, everybody... Everywhere's getting rain except for the driest part of the state. I said, that's not how it works, man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you get what you get. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I was just, it. it is what it is. Right. I was just out west for work, and I was out there for a month, and I didn't see rain once. And, you know, up in Idaho, there's someone told me there was like 55,000 acres of, like, public ground and farm ground and all that burning right now. And you could just see the haze roll in from the smoke. And I didn't know what it was the first day or two. I'm like, what is that, fog? And... One of the locals was like, no, dude, that's smoke coming in. And I had no idea it got that bad. Yeah, it's, you know, the drought has been bad in certain pockets. But overall, you know, the majority of the the country has had plenty of rain. You know, our Georgia farm has the most it's ever had in the summer that I can remember. And my, my Illinois farm, you know, we planted our food plot there two weeks ago. When we got up there, it hadn't rained in 25 days. And then when we when I got there within 48 hours it rained three times so and I'm, I'm just going to start charging for these rain dances because everywhere I go this rain follows <laughs> <laughs> well talking about the drought and rain and you know food plots and everything how does this affect what you do differently you know on a dry year like this what's the first things you'll do to start changing and adjusting your game plan accordingly well it varies farm to farm but you know, overall, in a dry year, 2012, I mentioned that earlier about EXD, but overall, the bucks, the racks in southern Iowa is as good as they've ever been. You know, I've noticed this year, tine length and main beam length seems to be up. So it hasn't affected horn growth, in my opinion, from what I've seen. But, you know, we did a lot more water tanks this year. We're implementing a lot more. You know, we started with kiddie pools. Now we have a little fancier fiberglass one. So... We're implementing lots more water, trying to spread the deer out. And as well as, you know, like this farm that I'm on right now, it's got about 40 acres of corn, and it it is like, you know, 5 to 10 bushel an acre corn. It's absolutely terrible. Ooh, and that's not good at all. So I'm going to have to work with a farmer here and see how it, it all works out with his insurance and when I can come in. I may just have to overseed some turnips sir. you know, some – winter bulbs and sugar beets i'm gonna have to do something on this particular farm to get some because we were counting on we usually leave two or three acres of food plot here of standing grain and, and this year there's nothing and and on this particular farm it's only 130 acres so that's the only food on here so it, it varies per farm but you know our the, our home farm our, our our main farm is is fine you know I, yes it's, it's not bumper crops by any means you know, the beans are still going to continue to grow in August. We're fine. The corn's about done, but it's not great. But it's not terrible. But but our satellite farms, corn got planted a little later, and uh, we're just going to have to put more in green. So we're kind of shift. We're really adjusting on the fly right now. This week's been a kind of you know just crazy because usually we got our food plots in already by the tenth of August, 
but we we said we're not doing food plots until we get moisture. Well, today we finally got moisture, so now we're we're having to put in a lot of food plots, but it's, it's going to be a lot more this year on these satellite farms just because we don't have any grain to hunt over, and we got to have something, you know. Yeah, right, absolutely. So I mean, you know, and I've seen. Yeah, you know, this has been a common case with a, a lot of guys, you know, that uh, planted plots at at certain times. We just had that drought, and you know, all the seeds dried up. So a lot of guys um, that I've seen recently, you know, even talking to a couple today, they're getting ready to plant this weekend. You know, what? How did you decide what you want to come up with? I mean, obviously, is that going to change how you want to hunt this? Are you going to, you know, have to get stuff that's going to be later in the fall? I mean, what? How do you determine what you're going to put in the ground right now with the situation? Yeah, well, my theory is in the Midwest, how it applies, or not theory, this is what I know has worked well for us, it is deer radishes. If, if someone asks me, and I get, you know, it seems like a dozen questions a day through the various social media outlets, you know, what do I need to plant? Now, my first question is, are you wanting to bow hunt it in the rut, or are you want to hunt it late season? So, Obviously, deer radishes are our number one favorite. We've killed a lot of big deer over those, um, mossy oak biologic deer radishes. And if you're going to hunt October, you know, September, October, November through the rut, go deer radishes. But if it's something that you say, I want to hunt late season, I would say, you know, winter bulbs and sugar beets. Because about November, when it gets cool, real cold, the, the radishes just start to rot and they, and they go away. And then that seems like when the winter bowl sugar beets, you know, all the, the frost and the freezing, it, it sends all the, the sugar to the, to the leaves and those get really, really strong. The deer really starts kind of moving towards those. And, and, and it's almost like, and they'll eat the winter bowls and sugar beets. They'll eat the, um, you know, the brassicas and the leaves all, all fall, but really they're wanting to eat those bulbs come late season. So it's almost like, being able to plant a grain, if that makes sense. Even mm-hmm, though it's sure. not a grain, giving you something hard, something substance that's kind of hardy throughout the winter. But, you know, that's, that's my theory. And then, or that's our opinion. And then if you've got something you want to kind of do a little of both, I'm all for mixing stuff up, you know, mix them together. Just, you know, just instead of going eight pounds an acre, you know, maybe go four pounds an acre on your radishes and, you know, three or four pounds an acre on your, your turnips and winter bulbs and sugar beets. And that'll kind of give you the best of both worlds. Interesting, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't know a lot about food plots. I don't have the opportunity to plant on the on the ground I hunt, but, you know, me and Eric were watching the, the video of you guys putting the kiddie pools out um, before the podcast. and The process. Yeah, and yep. y- you guys are serious farmers, man, so I I definitely, I, I'm taking notes, too. I'm, one day I'm hoping I can put my own, my own uh, food plots in and stuff like that. I used to be able to, but I, I can't anymore. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was cool how you guys got the kiddie pools. You said you bought 20 kiddie pools and were setting water <laughs> yeah. out for the deer, which is awesome. Yeah, bought, them up, bought Walmart out for kiddie pools, but we hooked up with this guy um, over the weekend at, at Deer Fest, or last weekend, and he, he makes these like fiberglass 120-gallon um, watering tanks that he highly suggests putting them under timber. So he gave us a couple of those to try out and um, – we're going to test them out. If they work good, we may buy a handful more. But, you know, these $7 kiddie pools, they they have served their purpose through the drought, but these raccoons are getting in there taking baths, and the deer are stepping in them, and eventually they just they kind of get holes in them. So. Sure. But, hey, 7 bucks a piece, it is what it is. Right. But so I just hung on a smaller farm. Well, one of the only farms I have to hunt It's about 30 acres, and normally I'll walk through, if I walk through to hang a camera or to my stand when I, when the time's right, I'll walk through the creek, 
but I went to do that today, and I'm like, oh, or last weekend, and I'm like, oh, cool, there's no water in the creek, so maybe that's not a bad idea for me to get a little poly tank or trough or kiddie pool or something like that and throw down in there. Yeah, something, you know. When I bought my farm in Illinois, the guys had uh, kiddie pools out, and I was like, you know, look, they look goofy. They're blue. they got these little cartoons on them. But sure enough, <laughs> that my second year there, man, I'm sitting in this box blind. This big eight-pointer came out, and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to shoot him or not. And they had this kiddie pool right under the stand. They kind of built like a little dam to hold the water. And he came up. He drank out of And I hadn't filled it up since I owned the farm. And he came and drank out of that kiddie pool. And I let him get off about 40 yards and end up shooting him. Shooting him. So <laughs> it was that was an eye-opener. And then this drought has kind of forced our hand. But And we have a lot of, of ponds on our farm. It's just most of them are you know, in the bottoms or in areas not really by our food plot. So we kind of position these kiddie pools where we can kind of, where the deer are going to spend, you know, majority of their time at night when they're active and stuff. Definitely. That, that is a good idea. I mean, they're so cheap. Why not give them a shot? But uh, one thing I want to transition to is uh, maybe talk about the, the new season of the Lindsay way and how that's been going. Uh, season two is airing now. You know, I think we're on show um eight this week and you know it's been a lot of fun you know it's we we got more of a prime time spot you know saturday morning was was good uh but this sunday night prime time has given us a lot more interaction with our fans you know we can kind of kind of talk as we go along and as it airs and snapchat and your instagram stories and all that so it's been better for that interaction and i and i know our ratings are going to probably be better just because it's you know, more people are in front of the TV at that time of night. So. Yep, and the families together Sunday night before the week starts, yep. and all watching TV before they wind down for bed and all yep. that. So it's perfect. Speaking of family, Jeff, uh, we haven't talked to you since. Uh, congratulations on the beautiful baby girl. Thank you, thank you. She's a lot of fun. She's a good baby. <laughs> My first one, he was he was a good boy, but he's he's rambunctious. You know, he's a boy, but now you know I got Daddy's little girl. You know, she she's got me wrapped around her finger, and it. It's a lot of fun. It's definitely a life changer. I can imagine, man. I can imagine. I, it cracks me up. I always watch your videos on uh, Facebook and Instagram of when you have cash and the blind with you. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys get him. Yeah, that was. He just seems like he's funny. Like he seems like he's got like just a funny personality. He does. You know, the camera comes on and uh, he just comes alive. You know, he's one of those that he he, he likes that attention and. He, that's probably been our most talked about so far on season two. The most talked about scene or segment. He's in a blind in Kansas with me, Ashley, and and Derek, and um, we're sitting there video. And I'm, I'm trying to tell him, hey, you know, or I told Derek get the camera. I said, you got to be quiet. We got to use our outside voice and our deer hunting voice. And then he just starts making these faces, and then he sees we're laughing. He just keeps doing it, and it's just. It's hilarious. You'll have, I'll have to send you the link on that, but it's pretty funny. That might have been what I was watching. Yeah, that, I think that probably was. Yeah, that's right. I posted that on Instagram. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. It's, I mean, how could you not like crack up? You can't tell them like, man, you're being goofy. Like, we gotta be serious. <laughs> that's so funny though. That's it. Just makes me want to have kids like right now. Which my wife, right, yeah. my wife's like, yeah, we'll hold off for a bit. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I gotta kill it yeah, out first. Yeah, you just got married and enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, we we I think we waited about five or about three or four years you know we got to not that we got to travel the world or anything but we plan to it just didn't work out you know but <laughs> right 
it, they're a lot of fun. He's at the age where it's a lot of fun. You know, he's starting to get where, you know, he he wants to go with me everywhere. So it, it's only going to get better. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Especially when he starts getting to the age where he's hunting and you're filming. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. That's that's what's going to be the challenging part. You know, when that that transition starts happening, he goes from, you know, me picking out my hit list, hit list bucks to, you know, he's looking over my shoulder. Hey, I want this one. I want that one. So that's going to be an interesting time. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll, he gets to shoot, you know, whatever he wants. We'll, we'll break him in right. That'll happen for a while, and then you're like, "All right, listen, bud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've you've been killing Boone and Crockett's for the last six years. It's it's time my ha- dad has a go again." <laughs> right. <laughs> I got a buddy. He won't. He will not let his son shoot anything that like an old coal or a you know a six or an eight pointer. He said, "I'm not going to ruin him right out of the gate." He's just adamant about it. So I, I don't know how I'll be. You know, my first year was a spike. My dad's first year was a spike. You know, obviously shooting a spike. Uh, you know, 25 years ago is a little different than shooting one now. You know, yeah. it might be frowned upon or something, but uh, in some some uh, parts of the the country. But we'll just we'll wait and see when that time comes, and you know, it just it'll be like you know anything else. You know, just trying to to balance that out. Life's all about balance. But how are you going to do it where you don't spoil your kid right out of the gate by letting him shoot a you know, 150 inch five year old or something. Well, that's part of the learning curve, man, too. I mean, I feel like that's important. I know, like, saying my wife, she hasn't killed a buck yet. I told her, I'm like, just, you got to break the ice and then you step up from there. That way you know what, yep. what it yep. feels like, you know, that way you don't wound a 150 inch deer right out of the gate on your first run or you never know what can happen. I don't want her to get ruined by that experience. So it's like, you know, you, you can shoot whatever you want to shoot for your first deer and kind of uh, step into it to where you're like, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to pass this deer. And, but she's like, I don't want to shoot a small one. I'm like, yeah, but I want you to learn the process of (laughs) it. So, yeah. And that is kind of one of the things that TV and and social media is kind of, you know, maybe one of the, you know, good and bad to all that stuff. But You know, they see every, they see the girls with a big buck and they want one like it, but you know, it's not like that. Not everywhere grows big bucks. And, most of the time, there's a lot of people getting lucky to get those those giant deer. So mm-hmm. you just got to have fun. That's what I tell everybody, you know. Yeah. yeah. You you can, the more you go, the more you'll set your standards higher and try to get older deer and, you know, bigger racks, stuff like that. But just go out and have fun. Do it because you love it. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that's got to sleep at night. Shoot a deer that makes you happy and not don't worry about, you know, how many Instagram likes you're going to get or, or how many times it's going to get shared on Facebook. Just do what makes you happy and and go with it absolutely my my buddy devin he has this really old school mentality he's not a deer hunter i mean i think he went when he was a kid or whatever but his mentality is a dead deer is dead he's like dead is dead and he's always happy whenever someone he knows shoots it even if it's a spike buck he's like dude that's awesome you know what i mean because he, he comes from that like his grandfather was always that way and that old school it's like congratulations you know you kill the deer not just Oh, you shot that little thing. It's it doesn't. It's not a trophy just because it doesn't have huge antlers. It's oh, the, yeah. If the individual thinks it's a trophy, then by golly, it's a trophy. Yeah, and he's all about that. He's like, right. hell yeah, dude. Can't let a tape measure run a good hunt. You know, some of the best hunts I've yep. ever had were were deer that wouldn't score well. You know, but looking back, all you got the memories, and yeah, it looks cool to have a big one on the wall. But definitely, so there's a lot of people. You know, it, trophies are regional too. You know, we're lucky to. You know, you guys, us, we're lucky to live in the Midwest where the big bucks are a little more prevalent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't you can't 
you know, watch Drury outdoors all the time and see these, you know, 170s, 180s, these guys are shooting and, <laughs> and live in Alabama and, and hold out for a 170, 180. You know, it's a once in a lifetime deer down there. If even that, probably once in a thousand lifetimes. But right. So it's, it's all relative. It's all relative. But that, there's always going to be old deer, typically, you know, most. No matter what state you're in, there's going to be old deer. Some states are harder to hunt. Some states are harder to kill. But you go after the oldest, you know, that top 10, 20% of the age class, that's the trophies in my book. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a deer can be six and a half and score 115, and that's yep. – if you shoot a mature deer and you can get it, it's they're still the same intelligence level, whether he's got a 180-inch rack or if he's got a 120-inch rack at that point. Heck, yeah. So, Heck, uh, yeah, man. It's, they j- can't all be superstars. Right, for sure. Well, um, Jeff, I know that you're you're wanting to get to your to your food plot business here because you're getting rain. But I got to ask you one question here, and I, I have a guilty pleasure for buying trail cameras and buying tree stands. It's the two things. If they're on sale, I'm buying them, and I buy a lot of them. Um, I'm curious. They're the worst problems to have. <laughs> it, 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 there it is. is. It's terrible. I mean, I yeah. My wife's like, eh, whatever. It's fine. But you could be spending your money on other stuff, whatever. It's all good. So kind of pick your brain real quick. What brand cameras do you use? Um, do you use any cell cams? And how do you utilize those? Or what tips could you give our listeners to utilize trail cameras to get on a deer, that the, the deer they want to kill? You know, we're Reconics guys. We have been forever. That was one of our main sponsors. When we, you know, we went off and did our other, did off and did our show, got away from outdoors you know we had been with reconics for probably six six or eight years at that point and we were like man you know we got 40 or 50 reconics we can't start over we these are the best cams we've all we we live and die by them and so that was our you know our one of our first sponsors that worked out we were able to continue a relationship with those guys and you know they're they're one of they're one of the more expensive cameras but they are the best you know i can honestly say i I've, I've used them all i've had people give us some over the years and you know, different ones to try out, test out, but nothing beats the Reconics. The quality of the images, the trigger speed, you know, the, the so many different options. You can set them up on the, you know, the time-lapse options. And time-lapse is a huge, huge, uh, you know, tool we use early season and late season when we got deer hitting food plots. It's kind of like having a, a scout in the tree, if you will. And mm-hmm. and we do use the Reconics. I, I mean, I'm sorry, we do use the cell cams. You know, we uh, Derek, oh, my camera guy, went to Kansas yesterday and put a bunch of them on some of our, our feeders down in southwest Kansas, and they're already filling up my inbox, you know. But I'm, I like cell cams certain, you know, certain times of the year, like in Kansas, where I can't get out there very often. I love that, but they can be extremely deadly. My favorite time to use cell cams are in that late October, early November, when deer are frequenting scrapes, and you put that on in the area if you've got a couple of them you can afford to put out in an area where you've been getting pictures of a big buck or you know where he lives put that on some of the bigger scrapes around you know we put a lot of dominant buck wind pro out a lot of mock scrapes and if you got that thing send into your phone shooting pics to your phone on your hip and you can see he's on a pattern or he's hitting a scrape at you know 10 30 in the morning that's when it's go time and that is in my opinion the proper way to use cell cams you you know when you go to strike and versus you know waiting a week or so and trying not to go in there too much and going and tre- checking the card and man he was all over this thing five days ago well it's too late then you know right right he, he, he may have been moved on he may be with a doe but you know those cell cams can be 
ultra deadly. You know, it, you can't afford to have as many because they're a little more pricey, no matter what brand you get. But yeah, uh, they are deadly. I'm excited. I asked that question too because um, I have three of them in the mail right now that should be here this oh, week. Oh, you ready? You get? Not Reconyx, but I have three cell cams in the mail right really? now. Yeah, me and my dad went in. Because one of the farms we hunt, a newer farm we picked up, is, uh, you know, is a drive. It's a drive, you know? Yeah. And and I travel for work, and I always feel guilty. Like, I I get super high anxiety when I'm on the road because I can't check my cams and I can't see, I can't shoot my bow, I can't take it with me, and I'm like freaking out. So these cell cams are going to be a way where I can kind of cope with being away because I'm still scouting, but I'm. 2,000 miles away. Yeah, what are you going to have him send to your phone and his email, or can you set up, like, multiple phone numbers? My dad goes, you have the app, and I know every good deer you send me, right when you get it, you'll send, you'll text it to me. Perfect. Ooh. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, trusting. You know <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going to get a 180-inch no, deer on my camera fun. and not send it to my dad. <laughs> yeah. He may not, if he's got to send them to you, though, you may not be getting the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> It might be rat holing you from the rut, telling you where you need to go. <laughs> rat holing, <laughs> sending you in the wrong spot. <laughs> Jeff, what do you, what do you and your dad do I'm with your cell you. cams? How do you? You work know, that? he he loves the cell cam. Cell cams take a little more patience, you know, because you know sometimes you gotta you gotta get them dialed in, get them just right, get the antenna just right, and get the external battery combination. Every cam- every camera and location's a little can be a little different, and, but uh, you know, we we share picks. I run. I run all our cameras, you know. He looks at some once I kind of get them, uh, you know, told down to the, the meat and potatoes of what, you know, go through all the does, go through all the little bucks, and say, here you go. But we was, I was figuring up last week, and, you know, between all of our cameras that we run, uh, every, between summer and fall and winter, I look at close to a million images <laughs> a year. That's insane. And, and so I kind of get burnt out of it by about, you know, about December, January, I'm just kind of tired. <laughs> yeah, of about 9,000 in, you start to sweat. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Jeff, another question well, quick is what, what what tips do you have for organizing them? Because I have different cameras all over, and I'm like, I don't know how to organize them, or I forget, oh, there, here's this picture, but I can't remember where it was at. Well, I use I used to use iPhoto, you know, and then I got up where I was taking way too – I used to only run 10, 15 cams. Now, you know, we're running about – 60 to 70 cams. Oh, wow. Oh, Atlanta. God. So it'll it'll just blow an iPhoto up. I had iPhoto crash. I lost a ton of pictures. I remember getting on Facebook about three or four years ago. I said, you know, what do you guys use? And everybody told me they use separate folders. There's there's some software out there that certain people use. And, that, you know, I, I just haven't taken the time to upload them in there. And I just, I make folders, you know. I got, you know, Reconyx 2000. 16 2017 then from there i go into the states and then from the states i go into the each particular spot every spot i got a camera it's got either a nickname or i make up some farm name or something to identify and then i just build a couple subfolders within it and then uh, i keep them on a hard drive my my computer seems like i'm always running out of space so i got a hard drive in my house here that has all my pictures backed up and then i'll keep a hard drive with me at all time you know one of the little little cheap $50 hard drives that that will stay in my backpack at all time but I'm a, I'm a I'm a big at, a believer in backing them up because I've had my truck broken into like three times over the last five years and every time they get my backpack and it has my computer or my hard drive in there so now I'm like double backing them up where nothing can happen to them hopefully right so let's say it's not backed up until it's backed up three times right? yeah 
So, Jeff, do you yeah, guys? Yeah, well, I, I'm only two times, so I probably need to probably need to get one more hard drive. <laughs> Are you guys? Uh, I got a question. Do you guys constantly move your cameras, or do they pretty much stay in the same spot? In the summertime, I'm on a, like a two week rotation. I'll I'll leave them there for what I like to call a couple cycles. I'll come out and put out a lot of you know monster mill in front of them, or put them on a mineral hole, and and I'm leaving them there a couple of couple of weeks, two or three weeks, maybe replenishing them every 10 days and then i'll i'll bump them somewhere else a different side of the farm because you can always you know i've even found on certain fields you can get a you, you know a buck's in there but you're not getting pictures of him you move it two or three hundred yards across the field and bam you know he, he likes that part of the field better and he he likes the way the, the sun hits him in the thermal car or something and you get pictures of him so i'm all about moving cams around just not too much but every two or three weeks in the summertime and then about September 15th, you know, October 1st, somewhere in there, I'm starting to transition them into the food plots and, and, and scrapes that they'll be hitting early season. And I leave them on scrapes probably up until about, you know, Thanksgiving, something like that. Good tips, man. Yep. That's awesome. I, I'm, I know what I'm going to do a little more now after hearing you talk about trail cams a little bit because I think I'm at, I counted before the episode here, I'm at about 15 cameras is where I'm at. And, well, that's uh, a lot of cameras, man. Yeah, and I'm, and I'll be honest, man. And you're gonna cringe because you, <laughs> <laughs> I've bought two of the, and this is for the working class guys or, or people on a budget um, looking for a cheap trail cam that work good enough to get a picture of a deer. It's not the highest quality. I bought some of those twenty five dollar Tascos. I I have two of them. Um, I'm really? Not, yeah, I've seen those. I've seen. Well, I think yeah, I've seen your Snapchat where you're doing. I'm, yeah, and uh, twenty-five bucks—you can't go wrong, man. If, right. if it works the season and it don't work anymore, you know, it's, who cares? It still it, it it served its purpose. Right, and and that was my theory. My buddy bought one that hunts to the north of me, and he got a picture of a really nice mid-fifties buck, and <laughs> it's a really good quality photo. And uh, he's like, man, he's like, my grandpa saw him on sale. I was like, hey, you know, I bought you four of them. I thought you like your trail cams, and at first his reaction's like, man, grandpa, why'd you waste your money? It's there. It's Tasco twenty five dollar can, and he's like, they, he's like, I'm actually impressed. Yeah, did you see he showed that our good buddy Trevor? He had an absolute monster buck that already shed its sleeves. I don't know how this monster buck had that yeah. tattoo, but <laughs> he had a picture he, of himself on it. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it, it, yeah, we're joking, but yeah, they, for twenty five bucks, man, those picture qualities were really good like well, you said though even if it lasts a season it's you know. 25 bucks well and it's also one of those cameras that i might put in a spot that's more visible to people like if it, there's a road there or people are going to walk in a certain area and i'm always curious what's moving through this certain area i'm not going to be afraid to put that camera out there because if it gets ripped off i'm like well oh, it's 25 it bucks. Yeah. sucks but it was 25 dollars so uh, 25 bucks man that is just it's hard for me to wrap my mind around how they could even build it for that. You know, even get a camera for 25 bucks, let alone all the other guts that goes with it, you know? That's what I thought, and I'll give it a sh- I'll give my honest review here in another month or so of podcasting to let people know if it's worth it or not, but I'm willing to take a chance for $50 and two cameras. I'll, I'll try it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can you can take that chance any day, man. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Well, now uh, speaking of uh, cameras, I'm, I'm curious. Have you uh, have you got any other pictures of socks? Uh, which deer? Socks. The little midget guy, the dwarf buck. Oh, oh, the little deer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking. We were on that farm yesterday. 
no, I need a good name for that guy. I, uh, he hasn't showed up on the cameras yet over there. We put out another camera in his area yesterday. But, you know, I was talking with Lindsey Thomas, QDMA, and, you know, because the deer seemed so, it seemed like a dwarf. And he said, yes, dwarfism goes hand in hand with piebald deer a lot. So, you know, this, that's, that's the deer I want to kill. Maybe not this year. You know, he needs to, another year or two, but I want to kill like <laughs> a, you know, a, a foot and a half tall buck with like a 160 inch rack I and mean, that would just be awesome <laughs> be amazing. you would have to get a full like a, body mount you... oh, yeah, the, yeah i mean your tax the picture is almost comical it doesn't it doesn't look real but yeah, I've, yeah, I, I've encountered several pieball deer in my life i've, I've even killed a doe a long time ago but never seen one that had this you know this dwarf <laughs> character so it's too I, funny well maybe we should just maybe we'll just name him who asked the question? Was it Kurt? That was Steve. 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 Oh, maybe we'll name him Steve. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, that would fit perfect. <laughs> Steve is short and short and chunky, short so and stubby. Not a whole lot of rack either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just there. I don't know about chunky. I thought about Steve yesterday. You see, our boy Rick Flair is in a coma. Yeah, he was in a medically induced coma, and it was weird because they said he was all right, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Yeah, we need thoughts and prayers." And oh man, I didn't, I didn't hear about yeah, that. Scary, scary. I know that guy is, you know, probably treating his body like a honky tonk his whole life. But man, it's that. Hopefully, he pulls out of it because he is, he is truly entertainment. Yeah, no, it's uh it's one of those uh, things. I mean, from what I understand, he's doing good now. But man, dude, that's just a. That's a loss. That's a that's a cultural icon through everywhere, you know. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, especially for people like our age who who watched him when we were kids. You know, I mean, he was a he is the man still. To be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> Diamonds right. are forever, and so is Ric Flair. Well, Jeff, I hope you <laughs> name that deer Steve because it would just be hilarious. <laughs> and it's always funny. Steve, when Steve anim- it is. <laughs> All right, Steve it is. You know it. Well, my. My memory's starting to fade a little, you know. I'm, I'm sad to say that, but it seems like I can't remember deer this year like I, I used to. And maybe it's just a little, maybe it's just a little phase I'm going through. So maybe it'll, I'll pull out of it. But you know, I'm, I'm running out of names, though. I'm not gonna lie. You can only name so many, so many names before you you need some creative input. So Steve is going to be the uh, the piebald deer on the, what we call the, the one sixty. <laughs> 160 acre farm. And that'll be hilarious because if you ever shoot him, you're like, ah, I just killed Steve, and I'll just be laughing <laughs> my oh, ass off. We'll have to share that uh, share that picture. Um, it was on the Instagram a couple months ago. and We'll share it up. A, we'll share it up and be like, new name of this deer, Steve, and we'll tag <laughs> the Lindsay way. <laughs> yeah, that that works. You know, I've been, I wanted to name that farm, and I, I've even Googled, you know, like towns or, or mythical uh towns or, or colonies where drawers live. I wanted to name that farm like that, but I haven't been able to come up with anything good because it's just a 160-acre <laughs> farm. we got about 30 miles south of our house. We haven't had it very long and we're just trying to you know, build history and, and, and get it up to where it needs to be. That's hilarious. That's uh, that's cool, though, man. Um, Jeff, thank you, as always, for coming on the show, man. We appreciate you guys so much. Love everything you do. And thank you so much for podcasting with us let us intrude the booth at the Iowa classic and podcast with you there and we appreciate in the knowledge in the knowledge man and all your support for for our show it really means so much to us with with all the new podcasts out and everyone's everyone's got a podcast or a hunting show nowadays so it means a lot that 
Um, someone well, like, your guys are my favorite. You guys are my favorite. Thanks, man. That that we means a lot. It. We appreciate your time and uh, the support you give us. That uh, we really look up to you, and we appreciate more than you ever know. Yeah, guys. I same here. I appreciate you guys. What y'all do for the industry, and keep on keeping on and, and cranking them out. Yep. So we're gonna try to do, man. So last garden, dig it. Quick, where can people <laughs> find you on social media, and then we'll close out on it. Yeah, social media. You know, Lindsay Way. Dot com's our website, Lindsayways on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, and then you know my handle on all the, the same things or same social media outlets, Jeff Lindsay fifty five. So look us up, keep up with our adventures and let's keep an eye on Steve. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeff, thank let's you so him much. Grow. <laughs> watch yeah. him grow. Watch him grow. Or not grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or shrink. Or shrink. <laughs> it's typical. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, all right, buddy. Thank you so much. Take care of that family of yours and uh tell David we said hi. Same here, guys. God bless y'all. Take care. Yep, good luck to you this season. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love you. Go shoot your bow. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.